Welcome to the Striving Together podcast, a podcast for the Imago Day Church family to help us follow Jesus together in the grace of His God. My name is Shane Shaddix. I have the privilege of serving as the disciple. Ask who serves Esther for counseling um, this morning to dispense all your wisdom. Yeah, well, I'm happy to be here. We'll okay. see about the wisdom part. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, okay, so our, our topic today is uh, asking the question, how biblical counseling serves the church? So, uh, again, you are the pastor for counseling, and you uh, provide biblical counsel to members of this church. You help equip the pastors and a team of counselors here at IDC uh, to provide uh, counsel and care from the scriptures to the members of this church. Um, and we just thought it would be worthwhile to take some time to ask the question, why is that a worthwhile thing for us to do uh, as a church? Why is the church a good context for uh, providing biblical counseling? Uh, what are we trying to accomplish in providing our, our counsel and care for members? So uh, just everything around that that topic. So let's just start with uh, definitions a little bit. Uh, when, when you use the language of biblical counseling, what are you what are you talking about? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I mean, we can start with what is what is counseling. Um, so from a, from a perspective of just like boiling things down to a, a kind of foundation or, or a, a bare minimum, um, the idea of counseling is pretty straightforward and simple, right? It's, it's one person providing help or assistance to another person who's struggling with something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've all got a context for that. Uh, and in that way, um, every, every human being, and especially every Christian, operates as a little C counselor, you know, at any given point in their, in their life, you know, parents are, are counselors to their children, friends are counselors to each other. Uh, so we can really, we can think about counseling in kind of the big C language and make it really formal. Uh, but I think, you know, we should all be endeavoring to be little C counselors. Uh, you know, even Paul says in Colossians, let the word of Christ dwell amongst you richly. Right. And so we want to be thinking about how we, uh, equip others with the words of, of the scriptures. So, but if we're talking about something more specific and more formal, like maybe biblical counseling, uh, I, I would say if you ask 10 people what is biblical counseling, <laughs> you might get 10 different answers. Mm-hmm. So I recognize there, there might be uh, a slight adjustments to how someone else would understand this. But more or less, counseling that is biblical is counseling that operates with a biblical worldview, meaning it understands people and their problems the way that the Bible understands people and their problems. Uh, I think that still gives us a fairly wide right. lane to operate in. Now, whether someone calls themselves a biblical counselor or they call themselves a, a Christian counselor or counselor, I'm more concerned with are we counseling biblically right. versus are we calling ourselves a biblical counselor? Right. Fair enough. No, that, that makes sense. And that's that's helpful, I think, because there probably are a lot of uh, like you said, different definitions and different kind of misunderstandings of people. Uh, when they hear biblical counseling, they might think, uh, hey, you got a problem. Here's a Bible verse. Yeah. Boom, you're fixed. And somebody's just like, you know, like candy, you know, just dispensing fixes <laughs> from Bible verses or whatever. Or, or sprinkling it on on top of, of something else, you know. Sure. So, but, I think, but I think it's helpful to maybe throw a few of those out there. Like okay, what, are, yeah. what are some of the common maybe misunderstandings, misconceptions, or, or myths about what biblical counseling is? And uh, I think some of those... Uh, have their roots and maybe fair criticisms. Okay, right. Some of those are probably coming from uh, not not to be offensive, but just ignorance and you're just sure. just not knowing. Yeah. Uh, and so I would I'd say, I would say one of those myths or misconceptions would be that biblical counselors are Bible thumpers. Okay. Right. They they've got a, a verse to just slap on <laughs> anything that you say. Well, the Bible says this, and you can and you can really quickly get into a 
just do this yeah. or just don't do this yeah. kind of thing. Um, so certainly Maybe just like a just believe. Exactly. Yeah. Obviously. Just have more faith. Really, yeah. whether you're talking about biblical counseling, any advice sure, that right. starts with just yeah. <laughs> uh, as if to say so the only thing you have to do is this one thing yeah. and that's a silver bullet for your problems is is probably bad counsel. Yeah. So. <laughs> Why are you so dull? Why did you not know that already? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so, what else? So I'd say Bible thumping, you know, we're, we're not just slapping the Bible on the table and saying, do this. Um, you know, you, you can use the scriptures and you can use it uh, incorrectly. Right, yeah. uh, you can take it out of context. I mean, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans uh, I have for you, declares the Lord, to, to prosper you, to give you a future. I mean, uh, someone if my could, people would pray. Uh, yes. <laughs> someone could come into me and, and, and they could talk about uh, the, the, the business they're wanting to start or something like that and like and I could say well you know God has a plan to prosper you so I yeah, think yeah. you should go for it you yeah, know yeah. Uh, well that's a terrible that's a sure. terrible application uh, or interpretation of, of that text and so so biblical counseling done well is not just Bible thumping it's not just quoting the scriptures uh, I think another thing would be that, that everything is about repentance okay. right okay. Uh, I think a, a biblical counseling can get a bad rap because it's all about sin and responding to sin the that's problems good. in your life are, are because of your sin and I think a, a good understanding of the scriptures a good biblical worldview uh, shows us, reveals that uh, all of our problems aren't just because we sin. Yeah. Now we can point all the problems in this world back to sin, but sometimes we suffer not because we've sinned, yeah. but because someone sinned against us. And in that regard, there's not really something to repent of. There's a faithful way to respond to yeah. someone else's sin against you. And maybe in your poor responses, repentance would be a part of that poor response. But but we're not saying your suffering is, is because uh, you've sinned. It, yeah. it could be because someone else has. Or the other reality of just like we live in a broken world. And yeah. so sometimes we suffer because our bodies break down, because the world is chaotic, uh, because there are natural disasters and, and death and things like that. And so um, I, I think maybe a third would, a misconception would be that biblical counseling, counseling with a biblical worldview uh, says that there's nothing helpful outside the Bible, mm. that there's no truth to be found, no helpful observations, uh, nothing good to know. And that's just that's just not true. Uh, we need biblical wisdom and principles. However, uh, if we're going to know how to utilize and when to utilize observations we see from outside the scriptures. And so, but again, whether we're talking about counseling or any other discipline in life, believers should always have that, right. that biblical lens on because we're constantly dealing with other messages from the world. Uh, Paul talks about in Colossians 2 that, that we should not be taken captive uh, by philosophies and empty deceit. And so we need to always be aware of the messaging that we're hearing. And so when we're talking about help and living, which starts to kind of engage the world of maybe formal counseling, I definitely think we need to have those those lenses on. And as we hear things that there might not be coming from the scriptures, are, are we growing in our ability to say, Ooh, there, there's actually something that's helpful. The Bible actually talks about that. This person didn't package it as a biblical truth, right. but the scriptures are actually affirming what they're saying. So let's dig into the scriptures and and mine the treasures of, of that of that wisdom that God actually has for us. Mm, that's good. Um, when you talk about the uh, uh, the biblical worldview, I'm I'm just thinking as even as you're talking, you're bringing in several aspects of how a a understanding of life that arises from what God has revealed in the scriptures. Um, in some ways, it's artificial to like dissect that and chop that up into various forms. But I'm even just listening to to what aspects of a biblical worldview are going to be particularly relevant and and pertinent for a counseling situation. I've heard you talk about this idea of like living in a fallen world. So there's this like 
cosmic redemptive kind of redemptive narrative that we have mm-hmm. to understand where we fall in that. So that's mm-hmm. going to be something that arises from the scripture, recognizing, hey, we live in a broken world. Uh, I'm hearing you talk about an understanding of the human person of like what it means to be a, uh, an image bearer, but also mm-hmm. a fallen image bearer. Uh, I'm hearing you talk about uh, obviously the scriptures and the authority of the scriptures and, and how even just like what God has revealed to us in the scriptures, anything else that you would it like comes in. From the that that would fit into this broad category of biblical worldview that you find yourself re- regularly drawing on yeah. to provide this biblical counsel to help people follow Jesus and to walk with Him in this yeah. life. Yeah, any no, other a, categories? It's a great question. Um, I th- I think meaning, purpose. Okay. Um, you know, God created us with a purpose, with in, with intention as image bearers. You know, to be fruitful, to multiply, to have dominion over His world. Uh, and then as we think about even being recreated yeah, after the good. image of Jesus, now we've been recreated and, and God has called us ambassadors, right? We're his representatives. I uh, think about Ephesians 2, uh, we're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works that we should walk in them. He prepared in advance for us. And so uh, it's this idea of, of purpose and meaning, like the fact that we are image bearers and then, and then growing into being conformed to the image of Jesus uh, automatically kind of creates purpose and meaning in our life that we're having to kind of navigate and deal with. And and there's there's conflict sometimes between mm-hmm. what God would have for us and what we selfishly or sinfully uh, would want. And yeah. so I think meaning and purpose are there. I think identity is, is a huge kind of aspect of, uh, of counseling. Um, we can blow that up too much, maybe at times, uh, we because we can be consumed in our culture with with who I am. You know, we can be so self consumed, uh, even just thinking about um, the the philosophy of of the world, which is that the highest aim is self actualization. Yep. You know, becoming the best version of yourself, personal peace, personal pleasure, personal comfort as a chief end unto themselves, mm. as opposed to recognizing that uh, God actually provides those things for us as we walk in a, in a deeply rich relationship with him. So we start jumping around in the world of idolatry when we start taking away uh, the good gifts that God wants to give in connection with relationship to him and start worshiping those and serving those as if they were the highest aim. So I think those are some, some really common things that we come across. That's, that's super helpful. Yeah, it, it sounds like several of those are connected to not just that kind of the re, kind of macro level redemptive arc of of the gospel, but also the micro. Like, how does the gospel change us? And Absolutely, re, reorient us when it comes to us in Christ, and it yeah. changes you know the, the reforming and reframing that identity and purpose and all that kind of stuff and power, even like what we yeah. have as as those who have the Holy Spirit uh, and, yep. and how that that shapes. So uh, it seems like that. Is all coming to bear. Um, yeah, and that's what and that's what we're trying to do. You know, counseling within the church, uh, we are trying to come alongside of folks and help them engage with the Lord and help them navigate all these difficult questions that they're going to have to answer at different points and times in their lives. Uh, learning how to take our thoughts uh, and our struggles and our tears and our and our sorrows to Him. Uh, we want them to experience the wisdom of God's Word, and and we want them to grow uh, in into their maturity in Christ. As Paul talks about in Colossians 1. A lot of Colossians quotes sure. uh, yeah, this yeah. morning. It's a good book. It's a good book. It's, a, it's okay. Uh, but yeah, Paul talks about we proclaim him because we want everyone to 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 be mature in Christ. That's what we're aiming to do. And I think that's a great uh, it's a great uh, verse to look at, not just for the for the mission of the church as a whole, but as we think about kind of the subsets of of the different kind of disciplines uh, of of service and care within the church and, and counseling certainly fits into that mold of we're we're not trying to take away people's problems. We want to present people mature in Christ. Uh, you, you've, you've kind of started delving into this, but I want us to 
unpack it a little bit more. Um, why is the, the context of the church a helpful place to receive and pursue this kind of counseling care? Uh, it seems like people might be able to access uh, all kinds of helpful counseling in other contexts. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> nobody should hear us saying that those aren't, you know, we'll, we'll actually circle back around to that, but nobody should hear us saying that those don't have their place or, sure. um, you know, can, can be, they obviously can be uh, super beneficial. What are some of the unique opportunities that come along with pursuing uh, and receiving counseling care in the context of the local church? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, I, I, when I think about that question, I think about what are some of the components of successful counseling, mm. what what helps counseling uh, work, so to speak, and one of the th- one of the, a few of the things I would point to would be the idea of trust. Okay. If you're going to have a successful counseling relationship, you need to have trust with your counselor. Uh, you you need support, right? Uh, counseling growth, counseling success, is going to happen best where you've got support of other people, where you're not operating just within the isolation of you and your counselor, and kind of attached to the idea of support would be encouragement, because if we're talking about uh, the need at a certain kind of period of time in your life for counseling, then we recognize that's probably a hard season. There's a reason you're in counseling. It's because life to an extent, maybe maybe not the, the whole sum of your life, but a, but a big chunk of your life uh, has, has come to a, a, a halt, a, a screeching stop. And so I think about trust, support, and encouragement as important aspects uh, of successful counseling. So if we think about then the church, well, a healthy church has those things baked in. Um, Mm. there is, uh, growing trust for church leaders, uh, in a, in a healthy church. And so we, we feel like the church is a great environment for counseling because we, we can provide trust. Um, you might not know me, uh, you know, I'd say a lot of the folks that I've counseled over the, over my time at IDC, I didn't know them even though they were members, uh, but, but they knew a pastor and they, and they had grown to trust that pastor and by extension, the pastors. Uh, and so the same for our team of counselors, you know, we, we're, we're holding up these, these men and women and saying, we trust them. And if you trust us, we think you can trust them too. And, and by and large p- people do, I think it's a product of, of a healthy church environment. And so you think about trust and support and encouragement, the church has those things mm. baked into the context of its, of its life. Uh, and I think another thing would be just the reinforcement of truth. If mm. you're hearing something in the counseling room, uh, and it is true and good and helpful. Well, think about if you can hear that in different ways, in different areas or yep. segments of your life, how much more helpful that's going to be to, to hear the thing you're you're learning in a counseling room, to see that play out in the context of a small group, to hear someone preaching from God's word and hitting on those same truths in, in different but maybe exhortative ways that you haven't heard in a, in a kind of one-on-one conversation. And so I think that the church also has a reinforcement of truth in these different areas of life that are, that are just really helpful to growth and counseling. Yeah, that's good. And I think, um, I mean, along those lines is it, it seems it's, there's a consistency with uh, what you're trying to do and kind of what you're describing as, is, is you're going for in a counseling con- context with what we're trying to do collectively as a church. We are collectively trying to follow after Jesus. And if, Absolutely. What, uh, if, if that counseling is working, what it should be doing is helping us continue to walk with Jesus in this life and continue to follow after Jesus, which naturally should at least funnel us back into the community of faith, right? Yes. Because following Jesus is going to drive us there, right? It's not going to pull us out and isolate us from, it's not going to be separated from, but it's rather going to be going to be merged back into the community of faith. And so, and, and so that, that alignment there between kind of the counseling room and, you know, the growth group, or as you mentioned, the reinforcement of, of the sermon or something like that, 
they're all going in the same direction, yes. which is to say we're helping one another follow Christ. 100%. I think, you know, already when we're talking about the need for counseling, we're, we're t- probably talking about struggles that, that want to or have at least a temptation to uh, cause us to turn inward, to be self-focused. And so the goals of counseling come right alongside the goals of the church and say, we're not trying to be self-focused here. We, we don't we don't like suffering. We don't necessarily want to choose it. And if there are ways we can alleviate it, we want to do that. But more than that, the goal of, of counseling, uh, particularly counseling that's operating from a biblical worldview, would be in line with the goals of the scriptures, which would be in line with the goals of the church. And so we're trying to produce faithfulness to the Lord. Um, and and counseling within the context of the church provides that structure, too, where you see other brothers and sisters who might not be in a season of counseling, but you see them and you can be encouraged by their faith. Uh, and so you've got this model of faithfulness that we're looking to. Uh, I often think about counseling as kind of like the, the you know, the pit crew uh, for, mm. a, for a NASCAR race. Like the, the car is not working the way it's supposed to. And the, and the goal is not just that the car would run. But the goal of the pit crew is that the car would get back onto the track and race, right. race yeah. in such a way yeah. as to as to win the the prize. And so, uh, for as we think about counseling within the church, we're trying to 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 help people grow back yeah. into a place of health, not so that they can just be healthy for themselves, yeah. but so they can be healthy as ambassadors for Jesus and on the same mission that the church is on. And so we, we want to to have the, the the mission of the church kind of serve as a, as a in some ways, a, a, a finish line for us too. Like that's what our eyes are on. It's it's not on ourselves necessarily, but on what God wants to do through us and through and through his people. That's so good. Yeah, I was talking with somebody who was receiving um, uh, uh, counseling and it wasn't actually at IDC, it was just through one of our, our partners, but um, I, I had expressed, we were just talking about uh, kind of in the abstract, but I, I had expressed a concern uh, that at times I had seen people felt like the place where they could be real was with their counselor. And mm-hmm. then when they came into the context of the church, was you know, that was like this kind of, mm-hmm. you know, these people don't get it, they don't understand, they don't care. And so I, I kind of have to put on this different persona here, and then I, I really kind of open myself up and... and counseling setting and this brother was telling me that that he tries to approach it slightly differently is that pit crew analogy basically mm-hmm. counseling to help me mm-hmm. follow jesus with his people mm-hmm. uh, get thrust back into the normal rhythms of yeah and i and i think that's there are some folks who have maybe had an experience within the church that would cause them or at least no uh, at least make it easier for them to be more guarded. And, and that's certainly unfortunate. And um, that's not the ideal. Right. We uh, the church should be the place where we can be open and honest and find healing and recognizing that some of our some of our help for people is going to be help in that area. They've they've been burned. They've been hurt. And we need to come alongside and create safe context for them to be able to uh, to experience God's God's healing and God's growth in that area. So that's so good. Uh, real quickly, yeah, uh, I want, uh, want want to make sure that I kind of get inside the mind of some of our listeners who are, are probably listening to all of this and thinking uh, that uh, not. I know you're not saying this, uh, but maybe hearing uh, or worried that you're saying something that there's not really a place because of uh, the context of the local church and biblical counseling. There's not really a place for kind of the the professional counselor, if you mm-hmm. will, maybe the clinic or the psychiatrist, or the psychologist, or what have you. Uh, I just want to kind of tee you up to to spend a second, like 
making sure people don't hear mishear what you're what you're saying and yep. maybe showing how the way that you approach uh, the task of biblical counseling can, kind of harmonizes with fits with maybe sharpens uh, those other those other disciplines in context a little bit so how, how do you think about those things going together and why should people not worry that you're saying there's there's no place for that <laughs> yeah no, that's a good question uh, that, that could be a whole podcast yeah. probably in and of itself and so I'll, I'll, I'll do my best um, th- the first thing I would say is is to your point and what you said I'm we're not saying that right <laughs> uh, so let, let, let's we can put that to rest um, I, you know I think one of the things I think about with this question is this idea of the need for humility mm. um, I, like I'm convictional like about the things that I believe uh, and and the way that uh, I practice helping people and even counseling in a, in a form of, I, I could believe in it and I would hope that the members of our church would want me <laughs> to believe in it, you know, to not be half-hearted in, in, in my convictions and or in the convictions of our counselors or even our pastors. Uh, so, but I, but I think we need humility because even in my uh, firm belief in uh, in kind of the scriptures and how God has given them to us to help, I recognize that I don't have all the answers. Sure. Uh, I, th- I think the Lord does, but mm-hmm. my my ability to operate with the truth of His Word is limited. Uh, and whether we're talking about someone who practices counseling within the church or someone who's out in, you know, the workforce, whether that be like, you know, they're, they're a Christian counselor, uh, in private practice, or they're a secular counselor, I would hope that there'd be a level of humility on that end too, to say like, we don't have this thing figured out. And so I think we need to be humble and recognize that people are the most complex creations in the world. Um, and just the reality of being body and soul and, and having emotions and having desires, having uh, a brain, uh, we are complex creatures. Yep. And so, um, so I, I think, and, and that's, that's a helpful pivot to this idea of being embodied souls and recognizing that there are going to be things that we struggle with in life that don't just live neatly in one box. Like this is my spiritual struggle and right. it doesn't affect my body or this is my bodily struggle and it doesn't affect uh, my heart, my desires, my mind, uh, the things that I want. Uh, and so I think, you know, we're, we're quick to tell people hey, if there are physical components to what's going on here, um, let's make sure we get physical yeah. evaluations. And so there are certainly kind of physical ailments uh, disorders, diseases, uh, sicknesses that can that can cause uh, emotional problems in a way that we can't just say like, well, this is a this is a problem with your feelings. Yeah, that's not a problem with your body. Uh, there, you know, just one example would be thyroid problems. Like, sure. You've got thyroid problems that can wreak havoc on your yeah. on your emotional life. And so, uh, so especially with someone where there's deep sadness, despair. I'm not. I'm not, I don't diagnose people, sure. but if we're, if we're using the language of like, it seems like this person might be experiencing something in the world of depression, just recognizing, man, it'd be helpful to talk to your doctor. Sure. It could be helpful to get blood work. Um, and again, like I mentioned earlier, just the, the complexity of the human yep. mind and the brain. So I want to operate with a, with a ton of humility and a ton of patience that says, sometimes we need a bigger team. Yeah. You know, sometimes we need to, uh, to be whole. We always need to be holistic, uh, not sometimes, but sometimes we need help to be holistic yeah, thinkers and holistic good. helpers. Uh, and so I definitely think there's a place for counseling and help outside the church. What I would want to kind of circle back to, which is where we started, is the need to be aware of when we're receiving help in, with our problems in living from, from voices outside the church or outside the world of the scriptures, we have to be discerning. That's good. Because to understand people and their problems in a way that's not coming from the scriptures 
is is dangerous. Yeah. Um, not that there can't be help there, because there is there is wisdom for people who from people who have devoted their lives to studying people and observing and helping. Uh, but ultimately, if if we're operating with a theory that's not from God's word, yeah. uh, if we're believing things uh, about people that aren't in the scriptures, then methods are going to flow out of that and and goals are going right. to flow out of that. And so we just need to be aware of of what is this person who's helping me? What do they believe about uh, me as a human being, about how God created me? What do they think is is should be the, my chief goal in life? Yeah. Uh, and so we just need to be aware of, of those kind of philosophies and those ways of, of, of helping. Yeah, that's that's so good. I, that, uh, that, that whole person approach uh, it seems just so, uh, in some ways so basic, but also really easy to mess up. Uh, it's, it would, it's, a, it's a mistake to look at a whole person and say, uh, here's this kind of simplistic, spiritual-sounding answer to, to everything, and lose sight of the fact that this is a this is a whole person mm-hmm. with a a mind uh, and a body and, that are engaged and a soul. You know, like mm-hmm. like they're they're kind of all engaged in kind of almost everything we do. You Absolutely, know? Cre- and, created specifically yeah. to engage with a with the living God. That's good. Yeah, but it would be equally a mistake to try to treat that whole person as though those spiritual realities, those heart issues are not uh, not a component and say, you are merely a physical being or you are merely a mental being or something like that. And so those are, they're they're actually very similar errors. And what we want to do is kind of like you said, operating from the, from what the the scriptures are giving us is the scriptures are telling us we're whole people and uh, we can kind of walk through the Bible and even see how the, the Lord attends to to the whole person Absolutely. and not just the kind of disembodied spiritual aspects. And so I appreciate how you've led us to, to care for folks in that way. All right. Thanks for, thanks for the time. Uh, thank you IDC family for listening. Hope this is helpful and we will come back again next week and talk to you then.